0: Welcome to worship with us at Church of the Palms on this Sunday, June 6th. This is our last pre recorded service, and we rejoice and give thanks to God for all the new experiences this year has provided. And we thank all those who have worked very hard to successfully bring worship home to you during this year of pandemic. When you watch us next week from home, you will get to see our service live and sing along with our beautiful congregation. Today is Communion Sunday, and we invite you to prepare the bread and cup in anticipation of the Lord's Supper. You may also light a candle that represents the light of Christ into the world. And we encourage you to put away all distractions during this hour of worship. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Let us prepare our hearts and minds for worship.
1: the lord at all times his praise shall continually be in my mouth my soul makes its boast in the lord let the afflicted hear and be glad oh magnify the lord with me and let us exalt god's name together let us worship god All we, like sheep, have gone astray, we have turned each one of us to our own way, and the Lord has laid upon him the iniquity of us all. With this truth and with this assurance, let us go to God with our corporate prayer of confession. We confess, O God, that we often act as if we know better than you what is right for us. We make decisions without considering your larger purposes. Our own convenience and desires are more important to us than your commands. We go our own way and then blame others for our mistakes. Our inner confusion creates division and brokenness. We hide from you rather than admitting our needs. O God, we want to face our sin and find forgiveness. Help us in Jesus' name amen well who is in the position to judge you is it your best friend is it your worst enemy is it your boss at work is it your next door neighbor no the only person who is in the position to condemn you is Jesus Christ and Christ died for you Christ rose for you Christ reigns in power for you Christ prays for you Friends, if a person is in Christ, that person becomes a whole new creation altogether. The past is finished and gone, and everything becomes fresh and new. So believe the good news of the gospel. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. the people of faith let us say what we believe using the words of the Apostles Creed I believe in God the Father Almighty maker of heaven and earth and in Jesus Christ his only Son our Lord who was conceived by the Holy Ghost born of the Virgin Mary suffered under Pontius Pilate was crucified dead and buried he descended into hell Well, we have so much for which to be grateful, including all the people in our lives, so as we take this next moment to pass the peace, think of those to whom you might send a text or make a call to simply say, thanks for being in my life. It's bound to make their day. Peace be with you.
2: Good morning and welcome again to Church of the Palms. As Genevieve mentioned, as she welcomed you this morning. This is our last pre-recorded service and we give thanks for the many hours of work and the many talented hands that have gone into making that happen. Rest assured you'll be able to continue to worship with us from home um, on Sunday mornings and it will be with our congregation here. This week, we're beginning a new devotional series on the characters of the Bible. We began devotions at the beginning of the COVID pandemic, and they've been so well received that we intend to continue making them. We'll be making three a week, so they'll be released on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, beginning this Monday, June 7th. And we'll explore just the various characters in the Bible and what scripture has to tell us of them and their lives and how. How it informs our own stories, our own lives. In addition, one week from today on June 13th, we will be making a joyful noise as we return to singing. So we hope you might consider joining us for that uh, happy celebration, happy day. On that same Sunday, the 13th, our middle and high school students are invited to join us for a summer kickoff event after a very long and grueling year. We'll have water slides, and macaroni and cheese, and lemonade, and lots of fun. And it's from 5 to 7 PM on the Back 40. Hope you might consider joining us for that if you are a middle or high school student. Couple of other announcements of note, Susan Neisler is looking for a few greeters for our 11 a.m. service. So if you are returning to worship with us here in the sanctuary and would be interested in serving in that way, please do reach out to Susan um, and she can tell you more about what's involved in serving as a greeter. Starting in the Palm Center in June is table tennis. This is a new announcement, very excited to share, that we have on Tuesdays and Thursdays, beginning Tuesday, June 15th at 4 p.m., a table tennis group coming to Church of the Palms, and everyone is very excited about this, so a good way to come out and have some fun, get a little exercise in the Palm Center over the summer. Finally, on the eve of Connor Peters' first day, he is joining us as our new student and family director. We wanted to take a minute to recognize the dedication and the time given by those who served on our search committee. The search committee was Ethan Howell, Bill Mallett, Olivia Mason, Andrea McHenry, Aaron Mosier, Blake Quigley, and me, Sarah. And we began searching in August of 2020 for a new student and youth uh, student and family director. We had hundreds of applications, 26 preliminary conversations, 12 video interviews, three second interviews, two in-person search committee hosted visits. And they all led to us uh, welcoming Connor and his wife, Megan, to Sarasota. Um, We just couldn't have done it without the dedication of the adults who served on this committee. So whenever you see them, make sure you say thank you, and wherever you are now, I hope you might give them a round of applause.
1: How you know, a poem by Joe Mills. How do you know if it's love, she asks, and I think if you have to ask, it's not but I know this won't help. I want to say, you're too young to worry about it, as if she has questions about Medicare or Social Security, but this won't help either. You'll just know is a lie, and one truth, when you still want to be with them the next morning, would involve too many follow-up questions. The difficulty with love, I want to say, is sometimes you only know afterwards that it's arrived or left loves the elephant and we are the blind mice unable to understand the whole i want to say love is this desire to help even when i know i can't just as I couldn't explain electricity, stars, the color of the sky, baldness, tornadoes, fingernails, coconuts, or the other things she asked about over the years, all those phenomena whose daily existence seems miraculous. Instead, I shake my head. I don't even know how to match my socks. Go ask your mother. She laughs and says, I did. Mom told me to come and ask you.
0: This is the time when we reflect on all our blessings as we give back to God a portion of what we receive as beloved children of God. We ask God to accept our gifts, our gratitude, our faltering steps, our brokenness, our hope our lives we lift all these things to god today and you the members of our church have been so generous and we thank each and every one of you whether from home or in person for seeing the power of the holy spirit through the many ministries of our church during the many months of this pandemic there will always be more work to do and we are so grateful for your help the ways of giving are listed on your screen. Let us give with cheerful hearts. Many us pray. Lord, the action of this offering is a public sign of our allegiance to you. We proclaim you, Lord, over our lives, Lord, over our families, Lord, over our finances, Lord, over our future. We give you thanks for all you have given us and all we have the privilege to give. Use these gifts for the work of your church, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. And now we invite the children to gather around the street for your special time with Miss Carol.
3: Hey kids, are you ready for summer to be here? I am so excited. I love summer because I get to go fishing, and I get to go camping, and put up a tent, have a campfire. And you know what else I love about summertime, is when I go away on vacation, I love to stay in touch with my friends, I love to write letters. It's so fun to get mail, maybe you've gotten a letter from me in the past, so be on the lookout. I'm going to write you a letter, okay? When I go to Michigan, hey, I'm in Michigan right now. But I'll be back, and I'm going to see you on Sunday. So be upstairs, Impact Kids, 9 a.m. this Sunday, where we're going to learn about camping with Jesus, which means we're going to be going through the Bible camping style. We're going to make s'mores, put up a tent, do fun stuff, and learn about how God wants to teach us how to fish Jesus-style.
1: Well, as many of you know, we took the opportunity during the pandemic to upgrade some of our facilities on campus, including our chapel. The chapel is our original church building. It's where Church of the Palms got its start on this site. Actually, we got our real start in a funeral home, but that's another story. The chapel is where worship and Sunday school and fellowship and meetings all took place way back in 1959. It's been 25 years since any renovations have been made to that historic building, and so with the help and vision of the Geyer and Jackson families, we've transformed this important space into the next generation of sacred and beautiful. We encourage you to go over and take a look at it after worship anytime time this summer. You'll find a new meeting room, new, new restrooms, and most of all, a beautiful chapel that accentuates the 12 beautiful stained glass windows, actually faceted stained glass windows to be precise, which were installed 25 years ago. So we thought we would seize the day, or should I say seize the summer, and preach a series on the 10 west-facing windows, each of which depict stories in the New Testament. We're calling this preaching series Windows on the Word, and we thought it might be an incentive for you to visit the chapel and see the windows, as well as ponder the stories that our congregation chose to highlight 25 years ago. So today we begin with what is called the education window, which you will find on the west-facing wall of the narthex, or lobby, just outside the chapel. It adjoins the baptism window, which we will be looking at a few weeks down the road. The education window, which you will see featured on the cover of your bulletin, depicts a boy standing before a seated adult who is teaching him from a book, presumably the Hebrew scriptures. Above them is a symbol of an oil lamp, the symbol of divine wisdom. For the longest time, I took this to be the young boy Jesus, learning from one of the elders in the temple. But when I found the original depiction of these windows, it turns out to be a depiction of the young boy Timothy. Timothy later became a protege of the Apostle Paul. The young boy Timothy standing before his mother Eunice. Now, when you do a little digging into Timothy's family, what you learn is that Eunice, his mother, was Jewish, and his father, whose name we don't know, was Greek, so that we have way back when a biracial, bi-ethnic, bi-religious, bicultural marriage, which would have been fairly scandalous in that first century. And then to make things a little bit more complicated, you have Eunice, Timothy's mother, and you have Lois, Timothy's grandmother, Eunice's mother, converting to an entirely new religion, Christianity. I can only imagine what kind of conversations went on in that household. But as we listen to these texts from 2 Timothy, hear what Paul is celebrating about the household of Timothy and Eunice and Lois and the education that took place there. So first from 2 Timothy chapter one, verses three through seven. I'm grateful to God, Paul writes, whom I worship with a clear conscience as my ancestors did, when I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day. Recalling your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. I'm reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that lived first in your grandmother, Lois, and your mother, Eunice, and now, I am sure, lives in you. For this reason, I remind you to rekindle the gift of God that is within you through the laying on of my hands. For God did not give us a spirit of cowardice, but rather a spirit of power and of love and of self-discipline. And then later in the letter, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 10 through 17. Paul continues, now you have observed my teaching, my conduct, my aim in life, my faith, my patience, my love, my steadfastness, my persecutions, and my suffering, the things that happened to me in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra. What persecutions I endured! Yet the Lord rescued me from all of them. Indeed, all who want to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, but wicked people and imposters will go from bad to worse, deceiving others and being deceived. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and firmly believe, knowing whom you from whom you've learned it, and how from childhood you have known the sacred writings that are unable to inst- that are able to instruct you for salvation through faith in christ jesus all scripture is inspired by god and is useful for teaching for reproof for correction and for training in righteousness so that everyone who belongs to god may be proficient equipped for every good work this is the word of the lord thanks be to god let us pray By your grace and through your mercy, we pray, O Lord, that you will allow these words to come to point to the word just read and to the word made flesh in Jesus the Christ. For we pray this in his name. Amen. There is an old and chilling tale that has been recited throughout Europe since the 13th century about an old merchant who day by day grows more and more infirm. The old man's wife has long since passed away, and he's miserably lonely. Fearing that he will soon lose his faculties, the old man decides to ask his middle-aged son and daughter-in-law if he might move in with their family out in the country. At first, the couple is overjoyed, for by way of compensation, the merchant promises to bequeath his small fortune to them before he dies. But as these things go, the old man becomes more and more difficult to care for, and more and more the family complains of all his demands, such that finally at dinner one night, after another round of whispered complaints, the farmer looks over to his son and out of exhaustion and resignation says to the boy, take your grandfather out to the barn to live. Find him the best horse blanket and wrap him in it to keep him warm. So the son takes his grandfather out to the barn and finds the best horse blanket. But before he wraps his grandfather in it, he tears it in two. He sets one half aside and wraps his grandfather with the other half. Later, when he find when his father finds out what the boy did, how he had thought to spare only half the horse blanket for his grandfather, he goes to the boy and scolds him How could you do such a thing? What kind of boy would use only half a blanket to warm his grandfather? But father, the boy replies, I'm saving the other half for you. I told you it was a chilling tale and one that raises the gravity of all the things that go on inside any home and what gets taught as a result. It's an enormous burden one accepts when one decides to become a parent, because it is inside the home that the deeper spiritual and psychological and emotional lessons are learned, sometimes without our even knowing it. Often when I perform baptism counseling, I will discuss with mom and dad that whether they like it or not, what their children are learning from them is one, how to be human, and two how to be a follower of jesus and as it turns out our sons and daughters are learning more from what we do and less from what we say because one of the things we pick up pretty quickly in life is that each person ends up what what a person ends up doing tells you more than what a a person ends up saying because of course anybody can say anything just turn on the cable news or the sunday preacher and you'll be convinced of that Anybody can say anything. Like the old story of the bright young evangelist coming to town, and he ends up talking to an old Amish man. And at one point, he asked the old Amish man, Brother, are you saved? The old Amish man paused for a second and said, That's an interesting question you asked there, young man. And the truth is, I could tell you what you want to hear, and it wouldn't mean a darn thing. Are you saved, you asked? Well, here are the names of my banker, my pastor, and my farmhands. You go ask them if I'm saved. So it's an interesting thing that the apostle brings to light about our friend Timothy, that somewhere along the way, his grandmother Lois and his mother Eunice have been captured by the gospel. Bible doesn't say capture, but I wonder if it isn't the right word because because it would have taken them being captured by this good news for them to boldly pursue the path of making this Jewish biracial household into a breeding ground for one of the church's great leaders, the young man Timothy. Theirs was not a perfunctory faith. They had become its very teachers. Lois and Eunice had some teaching to do, homeschooling, as it were, which meant that in some way the family had found its shape in the gospel. These strong women had a story to tell, and and that's what most of early Christian teaching was, storytelling. They didn't have Bibles. They had stories about Jesus. They had stories about the prophecies of Israel. They had stories about the disciples, and you can only imagine that that it was even more than the stories because little Timothy is looking for the connect between what they say and what they do. It's not that Eunice and Lois were necessarily all that skilled in pedagogy. It's that they likely practiced what they preached. Most of you know that I come from a long line of Presbyterian pastors, great-grandfather, grandfather, father, uncle, two brothers. I always say, talk about a dysfunctional family. So, so what's in the sauce? We often get that question. What was in the sauce? How did that happen? Was it because, you know, there was a line of great preachers, great teachers, great theologians, great church administrators, great pastors? Uh, maybe, maybe not. And people ask me, how is it that three sons follow their father into the ministry after I tell them that it was the only work we could get? I, I seriously tell them that it was, it was all about 6 p.m. 6 p.m. was when we sat down at the dinner table and at the dinner table is where we got reminded who was in charge of the McConnell household, and it wasn't the preacher. It was the five-foot-one-inch lady at the end, other end of the table. It was the one who made sure we did our homework, looked people in the eye, treated girls with respect, and said grace before picking up your fork. It was the one who sat down beside our beds and read us from Hurlbut's story of the Bible was the one who along with our father loved us unconditionally just like Jesus loved us unconditionally the dots connected between what they said and what they did now all those things don't necessarily make kids into preachers but they have a good chance of making kids into human beings and with the Spirit's help followers of Jesus and why not you And you say, what do you mean, why not me? And I say, why not you when it comes to finding the way to connect the dots between the stories of the Bible and the story of you? Why not you wondering if there still isn't a chance for you to shape the children of your life, the grandchildren of your life, the nieces and nephews of your life? Why, why not telling your own story or, or writing down your own story about what it means for you to be a child of God, to be loved by Jesus unconditionally, to connect the dots between what you say and what you do? Jimmy Carter said that he never much cared what his children thought of him. When you're a parent, you're often the bad guy, but he sure as heck cared what his grandchildren thought of him. So when my granddaddy was praying the Christmas prayer one Christmas Eve in church a long time ago, I'm not sure what thought he gave to that little 10-year-old boy. That would be me sitting in the pew that night. The little 10-year-old boy who by some miracle kept his attention long enough to listen to the old white-haired man pray his prayer. And how the little 10-year-old listened and how it seemed to him that the old white-haired man seemed to be talking maybe to his best friend. Seemed to that little boy that the old man was talking to God and And that God was his best friend and the impression never left the young boy that God could be your best friend it was a deep impression because that's what happens with the malleable young deep impressions formed by what is said and what is done granddaddy wasn't around when I was ordained but I would have liked to have told him the whole thing got started with that prayer. And for you, maybe it's a reminder to your children and grandchildren, your nieces and nephews, that you're praying for them, or perhaps a word of grace when they sit with you at table. When Jimmy Stewart signed up for World War II after already establishing himself as a Hollywood star, it was his father who pulled him aside there in his little home in Indiana, Pennsylvania, and slipped into his breast pocket his transcription of the King James 91st Psalm. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in him will I trust. Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence he shall cover thee with his feathers, and under his wings shall not shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler." It was the best the father could think to give his boy as he went off to battle. On my desk there is a government-issued New Testament handed out to all the boys who stormed the Normandy beaches on that day of all days, June 6, 1944, 77 years ago today. So in their back pockets or breast pockets, they carried with them the word of God. For some, it may have been just a good luck charm, but for others, like the member of our family that carried it on to the beaches on June 6th, It was the blessed assurance that Jesus is mine so why not you why not you why leave it the chance that your children and grandchildren will figure it out on their own how the dots connect between what you say and what you do between what you believe and how you act many lives remain to be impressed, deeply impressed. To our children and grandchildren, there are stories still to be told. Again, we invite you to have before you elements for communion, bread, wine, or juice as we prepare to join with all of God's children at God's good table. Well, the good news, my friends, today, and if there's anything to be learned, it is that we all are invited to this table. That God's grace is complete, that God's love is unconditional, that God's yearning is for all to come together from east and west, north and south, to be at this great table of fellowship through which we can encounter once again the presence of the Holy Spirit and the communion with Christ and the love of the Father, such that we may always know from which we receive our sustenance. So friends, come and join us at this table that you may know of God's love and grace and mercy. So hear the words of the institution of the Holy Supper of our Lord Jesus Christ as they are delivered by the Apostle Paul. I received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you that the same night in which he was betrayed, our Lord took bread. And after he'd given thanks, he broke it. And he said take and eat for this is my body broken for you when you eat of this remember me and after supper Jesus took the cup and he said this cup is the new covenant in my blood when you drink it remember me for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup you remember the Lord's death until he comes again and he will come again let us pray We rejoice, O Lord, that you have received us once again at your table. We rejoice to know that there is nothing that we could have done that could prevent us from being received with gracious arms at this table. And so we ask, O Lord, that as we seek to learn more of who you are, that we would begin here, as always, to know of your great sacrifice for us to receive once again this bread and cup, and to know that you are the one who walks with us. You are the one from whose love we shall never be separated, and you are the one who empowers us for the journey. So join us, O God, at this table. Allow these elements to become for us the feast of the kingdom, that we may be truly nourished and sustained through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who taught us to pray, saying, the gifts of God for the people of God. Let us commune together. Let us pray. Father of all, we give you thanks and praise that when we were still far off, you met us in your Son, and you brought us home. Dying and living, you declared your love, you gave us your grace, and you opened the gates of redemption. May we who have experienced that and share your body live your risen life. We who drink his cup, shall we bring the life to others. We whom the Spirit lights, we shall give light to the world. Keep us in that hope, the hope that we have grasped through your death and resurrection. And may we live forever to praise your name. We pray in the precious name of Jesus, our Lord. Amen.